0: Women in business, are you looking for a professional yet fun event to attend? The 8th Annual Lakeside Conference will be held on February 29th in southeast Wisconsin, about an hour from Milwaukee and Chicago. Get the training, resources, and connections you need to catapult your business into more sales, smoother operations, and a more aligned and organized plan. The women that attend are high-caliber, driven business owners, speakers, and leaders in their communities and industries. We would love to add your name to the list and meet you in person at the Lakeside Conference. See all the details at womensbusinessworkshop.com slash lakesideconference. Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Walker, small business consultant and coach. Today on the podcast, I am interviewing Jaffe Wojcik of Graceful Events. Jaffe is the owner of Graceful Events and has a deep history in the local wedding industry that only grew as she started her own firm. As a mother of three active kids, Jaffe grew the business with other experienced, passionate industry professionals who had the ambition to plan weddings while still being a mom. Jaffe is most proud of her team's culture of leading with grace and gratitude. Bridal couples appreciate graceful events for their innovation. Together, the team starts industry trends, paving the way to over-deliver hundreds of spectacular events each year. Jaffe and I have known each other for a couple of years, and she has spoken at the Lakeside Conference in the past. She will be back for 2024 to discuss more authentic sales conversations, something we are all looking forward to. Today, we're going to dip into that topic and explore selling as a business owner. Welcome to the show, Jaffe.
1: Thank you, Robin. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here.
0: Well, we're honored to have you. you.
1: So Jaffe, you are, you started this business from scratch, correct? Correct. Nothing like this really existed in our area when we started.
0: I remember when I met you at one of the coffee chats that I hosted at the Ridge Hotel. I don't know if you remember that. I think that's the first place we met. And when I asked you what you did, you said, well, I'm a a wedding planner. Mm -hmm. And then the more I started asking you about it, you had like 10 women underneath you that were <laughs> planners or something. I was like, wait a minute. This is more than just being a wedding planner. This is you are running an empire, but you are very yeah. um, understated about how amazing your organization is. So that was probably before the pandemic. So that was probably quite a few years ago. So when did you start the company?
1: Um, actually, we're going to be going into our 10th year This year, I started the company about 10 years ago. So what happened was I was a wedding coordinator for um, a venue, a local venue, and I did that for four years and I loved it and um, I knew that I was going to have a baby and I knew I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and um, that was kind of, you know, like my next step in my journey and so I parted ways with the company and I was, I don't know how to say this, but mourning the loss of my career. You know, it was like such a weird transition for me to go from, you know, working and, you know, having this awesome career that I loved. And, you know, I just really enjoyed it. And then I was home every day and I was like, I have, I i don't have a schedule. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so I had this beautiful new baby and um, her name was Grace is Grace I should say Um, so Grace and I were together and we did so many play dates because I didn't know what to do with myself as a stay at home mom <laughs> so I just I, I scheduled a play date every single day and just um, her and I, I yeah. It. yeah so and then one of my dear friends reached out to me and she said I just got engaged and I want you to plan my wedding. And I was like, Oh, okay. It was kind of the first thought of me doing something for myself. And I was like, Oh yeah, I would love to do that. Um, And we just kind of like worked alongside each other in the planning. And then the date came around for her wedding and it was everything that I remembered that I loved and more because I did it under my own umbrella and I was autonomous in a way that I hadn't been before. And so um, it was just really special. And it's a really special industry to me because we serve clients in such a meaningful way. We get to allow them to really enjoy their wedding day. So anyways, driving away from that wedding, I was like, that was awesome. (laughs) I want to do that soon. Anyways, but I want to go back to the specific time and place that I knew that there was a big need for this in our area was um, 15 years ago when I got married. Um, I had my wedding completely planned everything was in place, framework was in place, all the details were filled in, it, it was planned. And the day of my wedding, everything's going smoothly, but there is one very important person that was missing the whole day and that was my mom. So my mom was missing, she wasn't alongside me in this day. And come to find out, she was running around, (laughs) putting everything together the day of my wedding. Because on a wedding day, you've got so many moving parts. You have so much coming together, so many people, 200 people um, coming, you know, and there's so much that needs to take place. Well, you need a point person for that. And nothing like that existed in our area. So that fell onto my mom's shoulders. But to me, I was like, well, that's not you know, what the role of a mom should be on the day of her daughter's wedding. It should be, you know, being with her daughter, if if that's what the preference is. You know, sometimes that's not the preference. So anyway, so that was, you know, a a big pivotal moment in my life when I was looking back. That's really a need that our community has. And I've got the skill and motivation and interest and talent to be able to serve our community that way. More people kept reaching out. We gained momentum. I gained team members that I trusted that, you know, did a great job. And I built my team up so that I could be home working and doing the things to support my team at home. So wedding days, I'm usually on site. I'm behind the scenes, just like, how can I help? What can I do? But probably my biggest role in the company is booking weddings. And You know, like you're always thinking about what are the things that you can take off your plate. And I've done the work to hire the people to clear my plate in the ways that I can. But the one thing I can't let go is the sales portion. And it's it's probably like my new favorite part is, you know, being the first point of contact in our customer client journey.
0: Can I go back just a second before we get too far into sales? I just want to say that I think a lot of our listeners can really identify with or relate to your story that they've started in a similar way with wanting to create something maybe that didn't exist in their area, which I can speak to as our conference. There wasn't a lot of support for female business owners in our county when I first started that, I felt very alone creating my business and not really having local resources or felt like I couldn't find them anyway. Um, But I do talk to a lot of other women that what they're doing, there wasn't quite that fit in their community for what they really felt was a gap in the industry or in the marketplace. So I think a lot of people can identify with that. And also with wanting a more flexible schedule for their family. Being able to do the job that they love in the career they love do help the people they want to help, but still have control over when they do it. And I just think it's a wonderful time to be alive and be a woman and be able to have an option to run your own business. If the stars align for you and you can, you know, make that happen and you have the right personality for it. It's just such a fabulous middle spot to find where you can still have some control, but also still be able to not have to give up your career completely.
1: Exactly. And so then I found other women that were in a very similar position to me that loved wedding planning, um, wanted to be home with their kids more, but found that, you know, like if you work at a venue, you are committing, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week to that venue, which is fine because it's, you know, such a beautiful job, but it's also hard to create that balance. I mean, fast forward 10 years later, there's been times where, you know, I've said to some members of our team, like, you're working too much and we're getting this wrong. You have not seen your kids this week enough and we're doing something wrong because this is not what i set out to do so let's let's step back let's figure this out because you know if you're not also being a good mom in your role i'm failing you you know and i'm handing you too much and you know so it, i that's one of my lies is i want to empower the women on my team to be phenomenal in their job lean into their talents and their gifts but Also, you know, be able to be there for their kids and, you know, raise their kids the way that they want to and just align with their core values.
0: You get to, you get to be a part of someone's most important day, but that also means you're running someone's most important day. (laughs) So you have the, the satisfaction and the fulfillment, but that's also very, very stressful (laughs) Well, you guys do it with grace. You had mentioned that you enjoy the sales part of your job. So as the CEO, you've mentioned that you have let go of a lot of tasks that you trust your team to do and you've trained them to do. So what what type of roles that just on a day-to-day, aside from going to support them during the actual events, but during the week, what kind of roles do you have and how does sales play
1: into that? Well, I would say sales is my biggest Heart. you know I, I get a lot of inquiries we are fortunate to have a decent following and some a good reputation in this area and I'm very thankful for that. Um, so we get a lot of inquiries every day and so I respond to them but also I'm scheduling phone calls. My goal when we get the inquiry is to get the inquiry to convert to a phone call and you know if I can do that, I would say, you know, like, oh, if I were to give numbers, I would say maybe like five out of 10 times I can get the email to go to a phone call, which is good because then I can really have that communication with the bridal couple and understand their needs, establish some trust and get to know them and what's important to them and really understand how can we better? So once I have that phone call, I feel like we just naturally get into a little bit of a relationship, you know, we're, we're kind of like connecting in a natural way. It's not me having the call and ringing off how many things we can do for them. It's me listening to them, you know, and genuinely being excited for them. You know, they've just got engaged. What's more exciting at this point in their life than that? You know, they've been anticipating this and dreaming of it. And like, I share that excitement with them. And, and then we kind of just talk through what they're envisioning. And sometimes at the conclusion of the call, it turns into a sale because they're like, all right, let's move forward with booking the date. If it doesn't, then, you know, like a few days later, we'll follow up with them and and check back. But I would say most of the time, if we can just get them on the call and have a conversation, It's probably going to lead to a sale because I'm I'm confident in what we can offer to improve their wedding planning experience or their wedding day. And I would say the number one thing for sales is you have to believe in your product. I mean, for us, it's a service. You have to believe in the service you're providing. I mean, I've been doing sales since I was 12, basically. Going to work with my mom, she owned the shop in downtown Lake Geneva and you know I just was really comfortable at a very young age around customers and clients and I watched my mom in her role and it was so natural she was not ever filthy. she just engaged in authentic conversations with them and to the point where she created this great repeat customer base and she (laughs) I just would watch her and I would be so amazed because people behind the counter, she would be behind the counter and people would come and be excited to buy their new coach or, you know, whatever it is they were buying. But that's not what they were buying. She like genuinely had good conversations with people. My mom's not a surface level talker. She is one that the first Two minutes you meet her, you're gonna go in deep with her. Like you she I could totally relate. (laughs) Like she will know what is in your soul. You know, and and people just would open up to her all the time. And then they would come back and then they would finish their story and she would just listen, but also she would give advice and um, counseling, <laughs> like
0: bartending or counseling at the retail store.
1: And so like, I would watch her in that role and I got to watch her cultivate these really beautiful relationships, just nurture that client relationship. So it wasn't like I went to school for sales, but I did, you know, I just was a part of that retail experience and I studied in other countries. I learned other cultures. Um, I lived in Venezuela, I lived in Spain, I kind of understood how to read a room really well at a young age. And I think that served me really well. And it's probably one of the top things I try to teach my kids is look at their face, (laughs) you know, like read the room, look at what they're not saying, look at their body language. And it's not being manipulative. It's it's working with other people's comfort zones. And it's coming from a place of good intentions to make other people feel comfortable. Going back to this believe in your product and your service. After I graduated college, I got into an industry of sales. My first year, it was technically a sales position. And I sold almost $3 million my first year in sales, which was unheard of at that time. But I was like, you know, genuinely excited for my clients. I gave a lot to each of my clients. And in return, they, they bought the product. The next year, Something in that industry went a little south. So I shifted over to something that was a little different. But it, it wasn't a product I believed in. And I did that for a whole year. I sold nothing. <laughs> I had zero sales. And I look back and I'm like, okay, it wasn't because I had a different process. It was because I didn't believe in the product. And they could sense that. And I shouldn't have been selling that. And then I shifted over to the wedding industry and just fell in love with wedding. But that
0: speaks to your integrity that you weren't selling $3 million worth of things that you didn't believe in.
1: Something in you
0: that was holding back probably because you didn't believe in the product.
1: Yeah. You've got a good read on that, Robin.
0: (laughs) To me, that brings up the topic of Sales mindset, and where I see some women really struggle because when they are starting their business, they maybe don't 100% believe in their product or service, and not in a true way that they really think they aren't capable of delivering the product or service, but because there's that imposter syndrome or thinking, Who am I to be doing this? So there is that gap in their sales conversations because they maybe subconsciously are unsure if the price they're asking or what they're delivering will be good enough.
1: Um, Yeah. And everybody should be a little bit more comfortable in the role that they're in and trust the process and how it got you there because your career is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Everything that I have done leading up until this moment has put me exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I know I've got ways And ways to go. And I'm constantly reflecting on how could I have done that better? What should I have done differently? But I think you just have to really trust the process. And trust that you are exactly in the right spot. For the time and the place in your life. And if you feel like you are an imposter in that role. I would say your job is a few things right now. It's to love the people around you. When you're doing that, you're aligning yourself in the right position to do good. A second thing I would say is every day you show up and you go above and beyond what you say you're going to do. For your client, for your team, for whoever you're promising, under-promise and over-deliver. So if you're feeling like an imposter in your role wow them in a way that they're not expecting. And eventually, you'll get to feel comfortable in the role that you're in. I've also talked to leaders that have become very successful in their craft or their role. And with that success comes a level of arrogance that I don't appreciate. And I think, you know, when you feel like you are, you know, everything, that's Definitely when you stop learning. So maybe it's okay to feel in that imposter syndrome because it keeps you humble. You know, it keeps you real. It keeps you wanting to strive for more. It keeps you being appreciative and leading with gratitude and grace. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe,
0: there, maybe there's a happy middle somewhere yeah. that you, you understand that you still have more to learn. Right. But at the same time, you are confident in what you are delivering. And I think what I appreciate about your sales conversations based on what I'm gathering from how you describe them is that it is a conversation versus a sales pitch. You're listening, you're offering what you have and what you know to be true with what you can deliver. And then it's more of a conversation and not Feeling like a sales pitch because I know I get pitched all the time. Mm-hmm. And whether it's an email or LinkedIn DMs or whatever it is, it's so pushy in a way that really has nothing to do with me. Right. A friend of mine sent me a screenshot of someone's pitch to her, and it says dear, and then it has parentheses and it says first name. <laughs> so- So you can't really get any more obvious that this was a template and I'm not saying there's not a place for some of that, but when we're talking about specifically a discovery call or a conversation like that, really seeing it as more of here is what we have to offer. I can ask you questions to help you see if it's a good fit, but not seeing it so much as a sales pitch and just as an invitation.
1: Right. Absolutely. And again, one of the biggest things I learned in my sales journey is when you're talking at someone and you're trying to give your list of, here's, you know, like all the things that are great about my company and blah, blah, blah. Well, it only makes sense to say that if you can connect the dots of why that's a benefit to the person you're talking to, because they they don't care your level of success. They don't care how many weddings you've done. But what they care is, why is that a benefit to me? You know, it's not that people are selfish, but they have limited time and limited amounts of money that they want to spend in this category. And I do have a big team, but why does that matter to you? And here's why. And I list all the reasons why it is a benefit to that person that I have a team behind me. And I put myself in their shoes. Know what your obstacles are ahead of time. Why would someone not choose you? Pinpoint that and know it and be ready to overcome those obstacles when they bring that up. And if it sounds funny, practice it. Practice it in front of the mirror practice it with your husband, with a coworker, with your dog. It doesn't matter. Just get used to the words coming out of your mouth, the timing, your delivery, so that when it does come out of your mouth, it's sincere and it's your authentic words. When things are not your words, they're fumbled.
0: And I think that's something you can ask at the end too. Is there anything standing in your way from booking with me today? If it seems as if there's still some hesitancy because The reason they're pausing may be something that's a really easy answer, or maybe it's something that does make it, it's a non-negotiable and it's not something that will work for you.
1: Yeah, that's a great point.
0: And I love the idea of discovery calls too, because it's a two-way street in my opinion, where I'm telling you what I can offer you and how it might be a fit for you. But this is also an opportunity for the provider to decide if this is a good fit for them. Because I'm sure there's people in your industry that are not a good fit, whether that's integrity, morals, just their extreme nature of what they want for their wedding. It's just not a fit or not something you can provide. So it's probably a great opportunity also for you knowing you're not going to get a great experience with us if this is what you're looking for, because we don't do that.
1: Yeah, I've told
0: people
1: I Think you should go with someone else because we might not, not be a good fit for you. Here's who I think you should reach out to. Here's who I think would do a good job. People will call me in different markets. I would love so much to do your wedding, but I don't know your market that well. You're two hours away and it would be much more valuable, a better use of your money to go with somebody more local. And they appreciate that. I just walked away from a, a beautiful sale, but at the end, if it's not serving them, it's not serving me either. You know, I want I want them to be happy. We do not have a product that we can put in a box, wrap with a fancy bow. We don't have a product. We are a service-based industry. And when you are in a service-based industry, your product is your service. And it starts from the first email they send you to the very last email that you send thanking them and congratulating them. It's that full journey with them in the service industry. Serve is the root word in that, you know, and your goal is to serve people in a valuable way.
0: I think that's a great note to end on. I have loved our time together, Jaffe, and I am very excited um, that you will be talking at the conference Jaffe will be doing a breakout session at the Lakeside Conference coming up in February. So when you register for your ticket, you can select her session for your breakout session choice, and she will be talking about sales conversations, how to make them feel more authentic and going deeper into the sales process and the conversation. So deeper than what we've talked about today. So if that's something you would like to hear more about, select her session when you register. Uh, where can we find you online or learn more about you?
1: Our best sample of our work is on Instagram because we keep that as relevant as possible. So Instagram, we're at graceful underscore events underscore wedding. <laughs> and then if you want to go to our website, it's www.gracefulevents.net.
0: And we'll have all of those in the show notes as well. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in February. If I don't see you around town before then, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you, Robin.